Oh, the Lord is so good. He's so good to us. Um, I'm going to take a moment before we dig in. And uh, It's all right, I got the microphone, so I'm going to. <laughs> and y'all can fire me. But um, I'm just grateful for what the Lord is doing. And uh, I, I want to uh, just take a moment and I want to recognize and thank Stacy for taking that, that position to, to lead. And what a tremendous job she has done. Uh, she stepped right into the fire. I threw her right in, and I walked right out. <laughs> and uh, uh, but she has done a tremendous job. And uh, I know she's probably getting water or something because it gets hot up here, believe it or not. But uh, I want to thank Stacy uh, for just leading this congregation in worship week in and week out. I want to thank her for seeking the Lord, because there's no doubt in my mind that she does did not seek the Lord because every time, every single service. The songs that she, the Lord laid on her heart lined up right with the word. And I thank God for her faithfulness, for her willingness to stick it out. And all you think it's always been a bed of roses. I'm going to tell you, there were some bumps and some bruises and some rough times. And people just sometimes, we just don't agree. But you know what? Thank God. We just worked right through it. And we kept on trucking. But uh, thank you, Stacy, if you hear me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness, your dedication. Uh, Wayne, thank you for... Stepping right in when we were gone and had to be gone and uh, <clears throat> you just stepped right in. Nothing, nothing missed. Just a different face, same message. Thank you. And we're looking forward to what the Lord will do. We cannot wait to see what the Lord is going to do through Yakinville. Uh, I was standing here and I was like, man, who's going to nod at me and tell me this is the last song now? Because believe it or not, I don't pay attention a whole lot of times and I don't even know. And she's like, <laughs> and uh, so that's, so I hope you got a because I will go in la-la land in a real fast second. But uh, I'm just so thankful for what the Lord has done. I, I, I can't, I, words can't explain our gratitude. Seven years ago, we didn't know anybody in this place. And I can't imagine what life would be if I didn't know you now. I can't. The first day I walked in here, there was water on the floor. The first person I met was Jason. And he said, man, we've got a flood going on. And I just grabbed a vacuum. I said, well, let's suck it up. Literally, suck it up. And let's go for it. <laughs> and that was on a Palm Sunday in 2013. I, I came to preach. And I fell in love immediately with this house, with this body, with this place. And uh, I can't imagine life without any of you in it. I cannot. And I just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness to serve. Thank you for your willingness to get in there and walk beside. I don't believe in leading from in front. It's always from behind or right beside you because we're in this thing together. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing, uh, what he's already done, what he will continue to do. I'm so grateful and so thankful for that. And uh, we just have so many people that are gifted in so many areas. Uh, and, and we just say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your willingness to serve, for your willingness to let others serve with you. We thank you. And I, I just, I want to take some time to let you know that we truly, truly, truly appreciate you. And we couldn't do it without you. So, all the sappy stuff out of the way, and uh, maybe, and I will order some uh, tambourine shoes for you, Aaron. I'm going to find them. <laughs> and you're going to wear them. <laughs> you're going to wear them up there for Wayne and... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> order the shoes get them primed they'll be here tomorrow <laughs> that's what it takes to keep you here well we're buying some tambourine shoes <laughs> no uh, but we're thankful we're not we're not going two different directions we're going the same direction from two different areas we have two different starting lines but we're headed the same place and I thank God for you guys have toiled and, 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 and just got in there and you got it done. So much work. And it's just unbelievable what the Lord has done in, in a short time. And to think the very first time up there, we were thinking about right before Christmas. That was insane. <laughs> Never would have happened. But uh, thank God for it. Turning your word tonight to Ephesians. I about said Ephesians part 5. It is part 5, but Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22 is the scripture we'll be in. And I also want to say thank you to a young fella who decided to step in and get involved. 
we got a new cameraman. Old Melvin, I'm going to make your job rough. But thank God for people who want to be involved. And I refuse to give people a chance to not be. Thank God for young people who want to be involved. It's important what he's doing because without your, no pressure, but everybody all over the world has got to see this ugly mug. So don't, don't lose me. No, no, I'm, just, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, it's okay to have a good time. <laughs> If you know me, you know what's going to happen. So anyway, um, now all seriousness. <laughs> I'm an idiot, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. That's just me. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's just who I am. But Ephesians chapter 2, uh, sometimes that's the problem. We, we just become too, ah, let's loosen up a little bit. The Lord, uh, I, I told someone this last night, I think it was last night or this morning, I said, I just wish that half the people could laugh and smile as much as we do and just have a good time. Uh, I enjoy life. I thoroughly enjoy life now that I have the Lord in control and that the Holy Spirit is leading the way. But Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22, and I want to speak tonight about unity, but not unity in the manner that so many people are pushing or thinking, but unity in Christ. And that is the only way you and I can be unified. No other way. There's no other way. If we're not on the same page, marching to the same beat, the same direction, we'll never be unified. It's got to be in Christ. And that's the only way that He can take two totally different people, two totally different personalities, and work together for one common purpose, and that's to preach the gospel, to, to reach the lost, and to grow the saved. There is no way you and I in ourselves will do it because we would, couldn't stand each other. We'd, get, we'd just get on each other's nerves so bad. Maybe sometimes we do, but guess what? We keep on going. We keep on going. So Ephesians 2, ch- uh, chapter 2, 11 through 22 is where we are. And starting with verse 11 says, Wherefore, remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at, the t- at, the t- that, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, I want you to underline the word but. I love but. <laughs> not, not, that sounded wrong, but the word but. <laughs> Dear God, let me get out of this. <laughs> the word but. Uh, and I'll explain that in a little bit. <laughs> but now in Christ Jesus, you uh, who sometimes were far off are made nigh By the blood of Christ. So we know two things in this scripture. The opposite of what was before was just stated. The only way that it can be reversed or be changed is by Christ through His shed blood. So verse 14, For He is our peace who has made uh, both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity uh, thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them who were nigh. For through him we both, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. Thank God. You are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. This is such a powerful portion of Scripture. And knowing why we are, what we are, and how we are unified in Christ, and what that means. 
that we now have access to the Father, that we now can be, we talked about it last week, partakers or should be partakers of that divine nature, meaning that we should consume all that He has. Do we realize we've got everything available that the Father has to us? We've got it all available and we should be partakers of that. But you will never desire that if you put you first. When you ask somebody, and I've asked this question to even some pastors, and it's not a trick question, but I, I make this statement, and I made it to one just recently. I said, well, what is the first thing that Jesus commanded us when he was calling forth the disciples? Most of the time, their answer is to take up your cross. No, you'll never take up the cross if you don't deny yourself, because you don't want to. It's to deny self. And if you're not denying self, you'll never take up... We're not talking about picking up a cross and carrying it around. We know that. But to place your faith in the, the finished work of Christ. So many people never count the cost. They, they dive into something all in and that's okay. And, 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 but you've got to count. You've got to know what's in store. And if you don't deny self... You'll never dig in to find out what's in store because if you knew what was in store, you would know it's going to be worth it. Every trouble, every trial, everything that comes your way that just don't, you don't like, every thorn in your side, it's going to be worth it. Thank God that He don't sometimes... Listen, sometimes He'll never remove the thorn from you. He didn't for Paul. But he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. I know you're begging and I know you want it out, but you just got to hold on, Paul. You got to trust me on this one. I'm God and I know better. If you'll just lean into my grace and quit worrying about the thing that's, that's uh, hindering you. I know we're talking about unity in Christ, but listen, we've got to be all in, all in Christ. He's all in us. He's all in us. So unity seems to be the mission of so many believers and non-believers. We just want to unify. We just want to sit beside the fire and sing songs and, and somebody play a... Uh, what's that big thing called? Jim, Jimbo? Jimbo? Not a Jimbo. Jimbe. On the congas. We could be over there and singing and making s'mores and or whatever. Just being unified. That's never going to happen. We've got churches that are coming together in the name of church, in the name of self, in the name of community to unify. It's never going to happen. Because what's going to happen is when somebody's off by themselves, they're never going to be promoting their church while such and such ain't listening so that they'll know that we're better than them. Listen, true unity does not come in promotion of self or a name. It will only lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Only lift up the name of Jesus Christ because I want, to, I want to tell you guys something, and you know this, and I want to tell you something if you're watching, my friends. The name of your church does not matter. The name of what you think matters does not, if it is not Jesus and it is not pointing to Him and it is not pointing to the cross, it does not matter. We've fed, we've fed literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people, but if we did not point them to Jesus, everything we fed them was for naught. It was just to fill the belly. I don't know how many thousands of coats we've given out and thousands of shirts and thousands of pairs of pants and thousands of bicycles and balls and gift cards. We've did it all. Thank God for the opportunity and privilege. And we will do more. Just, but in the name of Jesus. Now I know what I did not know then. And it was not... I love the Lord, but it was out of ignorance because I did not study and I did not seek the Lord and I did not deny self. It was not for me because I didn't want a bicycle. But it was for me because it made me feel good. None of that matters. None of it matters. What matters is that we point every single person to Jesus. Every person. And without Christ, no one, not one of us, there is no way that we can be unified. So believers, that's why I say believers and non-believers are all about unity. People want to come together and in fact it's become a movement. Especially among collegiate campuses. If you'll look at where Bernie Sanders won the elections, 
It's always at a college campus or a college area. Why? Because young people have been led astray, and they have been brainwashed by educational systems. I want to promise you something, young folks. Nothing's free. Nothing is free. The idea that you can have free anything costs somebody something. It may be free to you, but it costs everybody else everything. Lord, here I go with politics again. And the fact to think that punishing somebody because they're successful in life and in their career is crazy. Get a job, work hard, and do what the Bible says. If you don't work, you won't eat. Look, I told you my story in 2007 when I said, Lord, I'm all in. I'm tired of running from the call to pastor. I lost a tremendous job. Six-figure salary. Right down the old chute. I was like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? I was sitting around sulking, and my wife, in her loving, consoling, stern way, Jason, Read Proverbs about the ant. It don't have no master, but it gathers food. I said, so what are you saying? Get off your tail and do something. Just that, okay. I'm going to do something. And I did. Lord, I don't know how. I don't know what in the world. But he was always on time. He was always on time. And he was always perfectly on time. And he, he opened the door for me to remodel Golden Corrals by myself. And it was crazy. How did this happen? I'm bidding jobs in Illinois and Wisconsin, and I'm going and doing them. And I don't know how this happens. It happens because of the Lord, but you've got to be willing. And none of that, listen, it's not about work, but you need to be working. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut that soapbox down for a moment, or good. But we want to come together in unity, and, and it's, this is really big among college campuses, because we want to unify. And if you go and you survey your college campuses, well, I just, I just, just so much hatred. But if you don't agree with what they say, then you're going to realize the hatred they're talking about. So you've seen all this. Everybody's seen the coexist stickers. It's the dumbest sticker on the face of the earth, by the way. I rank that the dumbest sticker next to uh, Rubik's Cube. I just don't like either one. Because <laughs> I don't know how to do a Rubik's Cube. But anyway, coexist is, the, is this sticker that this movement they call it, this unified movement and C, that symbol of C, represents Islam. The O uh, represents the representation of Wiccan and pagan ways. The, the uh, E is, is a representation of male slash female. Basically, gender don't matter. Gender equality, or whatever you want to call it. The X represents Judaism. And the I represents, again, a form of Wiccan or, or paganism. Wiccan, if you don't know what that is, is satanic worship. The S is the yin-yang symbol, and the T is the cross for Christianity, and we think that we're going to coexist and be on the same page and walk and sing. That's not going to happen. It cannot happen. Oil and water cannot mix. Darkness and light cannot mix. While as a believer, while as a Christian, I do desire to live in peace with one another. I do. But you have to understand that all peace don't come from doing nothing. It don't. Can, uh, I don't. Terrence, can I borrow you for a second on the piano? Because I don't know how to, I wouldn't know what would, I just had to stop my head. I don't know what notes, or I know C and C will harmonize. But you know two notes that won't? Okay, I want you, that's what I want you, okay. Yeah, all right. Hold on, hold that thought for a second. That's what I want you to do. But, but what people are crying is they want peace and harmony. Right? So I want you to hit me two notes that will not harmonize. Oh, that sounds delicious. Woo! Hallelujah! Sounds great. This is, this, is what we're, this is what we're calling harmony. It's not going to happen because we are not on the same page. Now here is something that harmonizes. Oh yeah. You hear that? Do it one more time. That's harmony. People are desiring peace 
and harmony, but you can't have harmony. You can't be in the same chord. You can't be on the same string. You can't be in the same key without Christ. It will not happen. It ain't going to happen. Man, you can sit there and play all day, but I know you won't sit there and stare at me, but I, I didn't know what. I knew there was something that didn't sound right together, but I just didn't know what they were, so I figured you would. But this is what we sound like that first. That's, that's, that's how we sound. When we, maybe that was a good representation. I don't know. But that's what we sound like when we say we're going to unify and work in peace and harmony. When we, that's unequally yoked. It, it ain't going to happen. So to be on, in, on the same page in the same chord, to, to be in a one accord is to literally be in Christ Jesus. That is the only way that you and I are going to get past our differences, our personalities, our likes and dislikes, and understand that you like green and I like red, but by gosh, we're going to praise Him anyway, and we're going to press toward the goal. We're going to press toward the mark of the high call, and we're going to point them to Jesus, because I know that if you take a, a, a yellow and, 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 and blue, what does that make? We'll make a new color. We're going we're gonna to come together and we're going to make something happen. But see, we 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 got all of these people saying, well, let's just join together in peace and harmony. And you cannot. There may be some peace, but there'll never be harmony. So it's so vital that you and I understand the importance of you being in Christ me being in Christ, but also understand the importance of the mandate that He put on us to go ye therefore. And we must do it in peace with Him and in harmony with His direction, leading, and guiding. So the desire, if you will, is for all to again live in peace and harmony, and it sounds great, but to, co to coexist, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. We point the finger at everything and we say that's the problem, but those are the symptoms. That, those are the symptoms of the problem. And we've talked about this morning, the problem is sin. We point the finger at symptoms, but never address the problem. The problem again, sin. Sin's the problem. There's not a gun problem. Or, or, or drugs, or hate, or racism, or the government, or anything else that people may blame. Those are symptoms of the problem, which is sin. Period. I've never been threatened by my gun. Never. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. When I was talking to this man named Henry who tuned the piano, he's a black guy, and we were talking about just race, we were talking about everything. And I said, until the Lord is the Lord of your life and, and, and you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you will never look at a person for who they are. You will always see what color they are. But when Christ enters in, when, listen, when Christ enters in, the terminology should change. That's why I, was, I felt so adamant about this morning to say we are not a white church, a black church, a Hispanic church, an Asian church, a Russian or Lithuanian church, or any other nationality you can think of. We are simply a body of believers who what, Melissa? Love God and love people. When you label yourself, you're taking God out of the equation. Nothing's impossible for Him. There's only one way, again, true unity comes, and that's through Christ. While as a Christian, again, I, I desire to live in peace uh, with all, regardless of who it is, regardless if I agree with you or disagree. I can disagree with you and still not want to punch you and, and, and kick you and kill you. To hear what somebody would say that she would hope that all that, that voted for Trump would die, it's pure hatred, it's pure sin. It's pure sin. Well, uh, so I'm not, I don't want to get off on that, but I want us to understand that unity and harmony will only come in Christ and it's only going to happen in His house. 
So when you're preaching the, the gospel and you're led, being led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is operative, that's why you can drive uh, right around 800 miles and walk into World Ministry, uh, what is that, Boulevard or Avenue, into Family Worship Center, and you still feel like you just walked in these back doors because there is unity and there is harmony in the Holy Spirit because the same Holy Spirit that is operating here is operating in Baton Rouge, he's operating in California, in Mexico, all around the world so where he is is where you desire or should desire to be and where you will always feel at rest always always verses 11 and 12 we were on the outside you weren't always with the in group 11 says, verse 11 says, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, That at the time you were without Christ being alien. We were outcasts. From the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants and promises having no hope and without God in the world. Without Christ, there's no hope. You're on the outside looking in and saying, man, I just wish I could. You can wish all you want, but the only way it will happen is simply receive, believe and receive. He's not a genie in a bottle. You don't have to roll uh, uh, dice a certain way. You don't have to have all... Listen, believe and receive. Believe and receive. We were on the outside, not a part of the family. We were without Christ. We were considered aliens. Not a... Not, not, like foreigner, you're outside. You're an alien. You're not part of the family. And we were strangers from the covenant promise of God. We had, in essence, the word tells us, no. Zero. Not one ounce of hope. But without Christ, you don't realize that. So don't be shocked when someone without Christ acts like they're acting. They have no hope. Their hope is in the government. Their hope is in somebody in office. Their hope is in their party. Their hope is in whatever their ideology is. They have no hope. But you as a believer ought to be one, first of all, Christ-like, led by the Spirit, and sharing that hope which is only Christ. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. Blood and righteousness. I know I'd get it wrong. It's only in Christ. So don't be amazed and don't be shocked and don't be taken aback by, I just can't believe it. Well, believe it. Until the church understands who they are in Christ, then don't, don't be worried about everything else. Under, listen, understand who you are in Christ. You're nothing. I'm so glad to be a nothing. I remember when I was little, we were around a huge pin oak tree out in my yard in Randall on 2nd Street. There was about 20 boys around our age that grew up around us. And we were always in trouble, yes. But it was a particular summer day. <clears throat> and they were given nicknames. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a good one. So they was calling me, I don't know what it was, like Jaybird or something. The guy on the store used to call, he would call uh, Jaybird, Treybird, and Chad the Preacher. And I'm like, I don't want to be Jaybird, I want to be something cool. And they told me something. I said, I don't want to be nobody. So they started calling me nobody, and I would cry. All right, nobody, come on. I'm somebody. I want to be somebody. But now I want to be nobody. I want to be nobody. I'm nothing without him. Thank God that I understand in Christ I'm nothing, but I'm everything. You're nothing in Him, but you're everything in Him. If that may, I know it sounds like a total oxymoron, but 
In Christ, you're everything. Because you're out of the way. You're out of the way. My brother see this, they'll remember that. But at our very best, in ourselves, we only survive. That's our best. That's our best. That's, without Christ in yourself, the best you can give is just survive. That's it. You don't live. You survive. But in Christ, man, in Christ, you can be Uncle Ben's poor, uh, rice poor, but be filthy rich. Man. You, you, listen, if you ain't never sucked on a bouillon cube for a little bit of flavor, <laughs> it's, it ain't fun being poor, but, but man, we're rich in the Lord. Them things are gross. Don't ever put one in your mouth. Whoever <laughs> come with that junk needs to be fired. I didn't know. I didn't know that we were. I was hungry, man. I was tired of ramen noodles. I, I had a, hey, those little white things look good. They was gross. But anyway, we're rich. You can. It ain't. It ain't money. It's not possession. Listen, being in Christ is a part. He will bless you tremendously. Everything you put your hand to, if you are truly being led by the Holy Spirit and trusting in Him, it will prosper and you will do well. But if you can't drive a BMW, if you drive a Harley and not a Harley, that's fine. It's okay. It's not possessions. It's in Christ. You are everything. But you're nothing. But you're nothing. So in ourselves, at best, we merely survive. But we got to know it. there is always good news if you're a believer. I mean, you remember Y2K? Y'all remember that? I thought, I mean, I was so like, I am going to be loaded tomorrow. Because I had a 79 Ford F-100 Ranger. 302. Had no computer, no chip, no nothing. I'm like, man, they ain't, everybody got to go somewhere. My truck's going to be worth money. And I woke up and everybody was driving. I was like, dang. Still worth eight hundred bucks, <laughs> man. But but we get terrified and we become worried about everything. There's always good news for the believer. Hey, man, if tomorrow don't come, I'm gonna enjoy heaven. If the Lord returns before I get to eat another steak. I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to enjoy life. I am going to enjoy. There's always good news. When we say, we say it, we say it. You know, the best is yet to come for the world. Not just this church. Christ is to return. Praise God. Praise God for that. Verse 13, here we go. I want you to underline the word but. Here's why I said I like but. The, uh, the word but. Okay, let's be clear. I like Boston buts too. But Anyway, the word but. But now in Christ Jesus, when the word but is used, it's to introduce a phrase or a clause that, that's contrasting to what had already been mentioned. See, you were alien, you were a foreigner, you were an outsider, you had no hope. But it contrasts what had already been mentioned. It indicates the impossibility of anything other than what's being stated. So, but now, it's impossible for you to have hope. Only in Christ can you have hope. But now, in Christ Jesus, it's impossible for you to be in the family of God. For you to have access to the Father. But now in Christ Jesus, so the impossibility has been made known. It's in Christ Jesus that you'll have hope, that you have healing, that you have joy, that you have peace, that you have all that you'll ever need, that He gave you the access to the Father. So, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are now made nigh by the blood of Christ. My God, y'all ought to be happy tonight. You won't listen. You ain't got no excuse. I'm tired. Your body's telling you it's 7.51. Maybe, maybe it is 7.51. It's only 6.51. 
You're made nigh by the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ, you're made nigh. But now, listen, you were far... Somebody, get this. You were a stranger. You were an alien. You did not have access. You were... you got to have to let me in, please, or else I'll have to walk around. You were an outsider. You were knocking... But you had no access. But Jesus Christ, now I've got access into the Holy of Holies. I've been knocking for a long time. But I said yes to Jesus. And He opened the door. He is the door. He is the way. Now I can walk in and I can come before Him boldly. And I can receive all that He has. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been once was far off. But now I set with Christ at the right hand of the Father. And I am a partaker of the divine nature. That's how close He desires us to be. I'm sitting right next to the very one who created it all in Christ. That's how close He makes you. That's how close He brings you. The other night, Gemma ran and got in her bed, and, which isn't unnormal. But this night she said she was just having bad thoughts. Somebody was going to break in the house. I said, that ain't going to happen, honey. If they did, they'd leave. They would be carried out. They wouldn't leave on their own. Uh, <laughs> but she crawled up. And she was, she, was, she was literally scared. She crawled up to me. And she grabbed a hold of me tight. And she was holding on. And I was thinking, man, this is how the Father, how God the Father brings us in and just makes us nigh. We have access through the blood. He holds us tight and He brought, brings us in. It's by the blood of Christ. So it, again, it indicates the impossibility of anything other than what had been stated. So when you read, but now in Christ Jesus, you literally read, it is impossible without Him. John 14, 6, He tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. John 15 and 5, another impossibility. Jesus said at the end of the verse, For without me you can do nothing. But with me, in me, and I in you, anything is possible. <laughs> Any... Uh, 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 uh. Uh, just a, uh, and it wasn't a, a fat chance or a, or, a, or a toss in the wind that out there on the, on the little brick thing we happened to cross paths with Melissa. The Lord works everything out. It wasn't by chance that I just happened to run into Terrence in there and threw a basketball for an hour trying to ring a goal. The Lord has everything designed for a purpose. So you who were far off, but now you are made nigh. You were dead branch, but now you're grafted into the vine. At best in yourself, you're worth throwing into the fire. My God. You're worth the brush fire. At best in yourself. <laughs> but now you're grafted into the vine. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive in Christ Jesus. By the blood of Christ. Verse 14 says, For He is our peace. Plainly put, you will find peace nowhere else. Nowhere else. John 14 and 27. The peace that He gives us is a peace that the world can't give. He gives it unto or He says, I give, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And when this really hit me, and I've said it over and over, and it's nothing new to you guys, but when, when it really hit me and I understood that the very peace that he had when he was betrayed in the, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they wouldn't even stay awake and pray with him, the very peace that he had to endure the cross with joy, the very peace that he had not to open his mouth when they wanted him to make a statement, that peace he gives to you and to me because he is in us. And if it endured for him, it will endure for us.
He made us both one. Now in Christ, there's no separation between the Jew and the Gentile. We're one in Christ regardless of where you come from, what color of skin you got, if you're male or female. The cross leveled the playing field. He broke down the middle wall of partition that was between us. Now we've got access. Thank God. Thank God that you made a way. Thank God that I'm no longer considered an outsider or a foreigner. But in Christ Jesus, we are one. We are family. We are the body. He broke down that wall. You cannot be a supremacist and be a Christian. Period. A supremacist in anything. The cross levels the playing field. If you don't believe in women preachers, I'm going to tell you to pray and seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit and read the Word. The very first preacher to announce the, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a woman! And just in case you don't know, and if you're wondering who we are, I believe in women preachers. My wife is one. And, uh, man, she's a good one. My mama was one, and, man, she was a good one. We got more women preachers in here, and you're going to hear from them. And if you don't like it, pfft, tough. Because the cross levels the playing field. We're all to minister the gospel. Verse 15, Jesus took all those things away. He took it away on the cross. He abolished in the flesh, in his flesh, the enmity even the law commandments contained in the ordinances to make himself of twain, one new man, so making peace. He did it for you and for me. You couldn't do it. And you wouldn't want to. You say you would. No, you wouldn't. I mean, you, you know what, what it's like when you get sat out in perfect, I mean, the married couple, perfectly comfortable, and your wife says, honey, <laughs> try to act like you don't hear, honey, <laughs> that sounded important, you try to act like you don't hear, and it's another honey, and you're like, oh, no, I'm in trouble if I don't go, so you get up and move, the Lord, will, the Holy Spirit won't let you be comfortable, in fact, you hit on this, Terrence, the, long, you, the, the, the last little while, you learned that, man, he stretches. He won't let you be comfortable because he's the comforter. When you get comfortable in what you're doing for the Lord, then you begin to do it in yourself, in your ability. Because you're not depending on him. I, 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 Stacy was saying last night, I get nervous every time I say, I get nervous every time I get up in front of anybody. Because I'm a bumbling mess. I'm a goofball. But, and and you, you guys well know that. But praise God that he's faithful. And you've got to depend on him. You've got to depend on Christ to lead you. He took or abolished the, in his flesh the in, enmity. He abolished. Abolished means to it's, get, it's obliterated. It's gone. Nothing left. Nothing left. 16, he made a way for reconciliation. Verse 16 tells us this. And that he might reconcile both unto... He made a way. Well, I didn't need to be reconciled. Yes, you did. Because you had no hope. You were an outsider. You did not have Christ. You needed reconciliation. You needed to be brought into. You needed to be drawn nigh. He made that way of reconciliation. Verse 17, and he preached peace to which those which were afar off and those that were nigh. The same message was preached to either one. Telling me, that the gospel is good for all. The gospel, if Jesus preached one message, then you better believe we ought to be preaching one. The gospel. The gospel. The message didn't change. It was the same. It was the same. It was the same. We preach Christ and Him crucified to all because the same message is for all. Salvation for the sinner and sanctification for the saints. Same message. Verse 18, now we have through him, we both have access. Oh, man. We have access. 
remember when I was working downtown. Well, now it's called Uptown. I'm not politically correct, so I still call it Downtown Charlotte. And it was still when it was Wachovia Banks. They had Wachovia bought at First Union. If you don't know, if you're watching, uh, Charlotte is known as a, it's basically the banking capital of the East Coast, I guess. Uh, the banks everywhere. We did work. We did high-end construction work. We did a lot of upfits and remodels. And we did all of Wachovia's work. And I went into security, and I went through the security protocol, and I got a badge. I was like, stuff. I could go to one, two, or three Wachovia. I had access to any and every floor except for one. That was the president, the floor that the president was on, and I'm not going to tell you which one that was because I don't want to be accused of anything crazy. I even had access to the tunnels underneath the buildings, underneath the city streets. I could walk right in. And I remember the day that I was going to take the guys through there because I did not want to walk through the streets because it was raining and it was just nasty. And actually, it was on a Thursday. And if you don't know, in the summer Thursdays, they have an epicenter. It's just wild. And I didn't want to walk through all that junk. I was tired and I was ready to go. So I said, I'm going to take you through the tunnel. And I walked in and the guard said, brother, where are you going? I said, I'm going to take them down. Uh, to, to three Wachovia, I need to show them some work that we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. You can't go there. I said, why can't I? He said, you don't have access. I said, if I swipe this badge and that, and that light turns green, I said, then I've got access, right? He said, correct. He said, but I don't have access to that tunnel. And I swiped the badge and the light turned green and I was like, <laughs> and we walked through. But this is what we have access to, it, to him, through him, because he is the authority. He's the authority. I've got access. You've got access. But how many take advantage of it? How many of you enter in? How many of you enter in? Or are you satisfied with standing on the outside listening? Boy, I don't know what's going on in that room, but it sure sounds good. I'd love to get in on that. Well, get in. You've got access. What are you doing standing on the outside? Well, they won't let me in. They ain't the one who gave you access. He did. Come on, somebody. You're going to let somebody else keep you from entering in? Well, they just don't like me. They didn't give you access to the Holy of Holies. Jesus did. You cannot like me and you can despise me, but you ain't going to keep me from entering in. You ain't going to keep me from entering in. I'm going in. And I'm going to worship Him. So through Him, we both have access by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, unto the Father, working in and through us. In verse 19, now is present tense. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. Now, present tense, you are no more strangers. Now, you are not on the outside, but you are a part of the family. You are not strangers, you are not foreigners, but now you are fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Now you are in Christ. Now you are a branch in the vine. Now! My Lord, y'all got to. Now! Continually! Now! That's why it's so important to understand and act. In Him we live and move and have our being. Without Him, you and I can do nothing. We're just dead. We're uh, just here. In, that hurt me. I need to jump his volleyball pads. In Christ, you, man, that hurt. Uh, you move and you live and you have your being. One day I'll learn. Maybe. But we're not what we were. You're not what you were. Friend of mine, Jacob Cruz when he became a citizen of the United States. You know him, Jason. He did this heat rocket shoot with the building. Man, he was happy. He said, well, he wasn't happy when he found out all this stuff, but he was happy. He was like, man, I'm a part now. I get a vote. I get to do, I got all, I'm a citizen. 
and, and the joy and the zeal and that desire, that happiness that was. And I, and I think of this often. That should be how happy and joy I, I am a part of the family. I'm not on the outside, but I'm on the inside. I'm a part of what he has. Why? Because I've received the provision. It's all by and in through Christ Jesus that I am no longer a stranger nor a foreigner, but I'm in the household of God. I'm a fellow citizen. Verse 20, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What was that? That is Christ in Him crucified. It all points to Jesus Christ. It all points to the cross. So we built upon that, and Christ is the chief cornerstone. I'm not going to spend a whole, I could spend a long time here, but I won't. We have got to make sure that He holds it together. Because He will, but He won't if you don't let Him. I told you the name that we, we used to, uh, the name of our ministry that we had for 12 years, Masterlink Ministries. I, I told you how that, uh, we, I was running on, on the job, actually I was uh, in Huntersville running the job. We were bearing fiber optics and I was running a trencher. Actually it was a ditch which 8610 I think is what the model was, big, big trencher. About a, a $75,000 machine then. And it quit. I was like, dang, I got a lot of work to do. But I remembered we had another one that was at the, at the, at the, at the shop, and it was, it was junk. But I went back because I was missing one thing. The drive chain is what, what broke. Without the drive, the engine was running. All the teeth were on the chain. All the teeth were on the bucket. The hydraulics were good. Everything was good, but except for one thing, the drive chain, the master link was broke. And as I was saying, I called Summer that day, and I, you may remember or not, I took that master link out and the Holy Spirit, He spoke to me as sure as I'm standing here, right there in that field, I was sweating bullet. Man, it was so hot. And He said, this is who I am. I hold it all together. And without me, I don't care how good you look, I don't care what you think you can do, you can do nothing without me. And I told Summer, I, Summer, I got it. I know we're going to be called Master Link Ministries. He holds it together. Woo! And she wasn't as excited as I was, but then she became excited. But that's who he is. He's the master link. And without him, you and I can do absolutely nothing. 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 I want to tell you, it's all about Jesus. He holds everything together. If you don't have Jesus, nothing else matters. If you don't have him right, nothing else matters. Nothing. You can do all you want to do. You can look all you want to look and play all you want to play and you can say all you want to say. But if you do not have Jesus right, nothing else matters because everything else is wrong. You're building on a wrong foundation and He is not the cornerstone. It can look good, but your building will fall. And it may last and be prosperous even for a while, but it will guarantee it will fall. It will not last. Because it's built with man's hands. We built on the foundation that's already been laid because it was laid with Christ as the chief cornerstone. You cannot outgrow your foundation. It's impossible. You can try. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. So many are building, and it may look good, but again, I can promise you, if Jesus is not the cornerstone, if everything does not point to Him, it will fall apart. most important part of a building is never seen. It's the foundation. Christ is the foundation. He is seen, however. And when it's all about Jesus, He and He alone, it's because of Him that the building is fitly, you and I being, fitly framed together. If you don't know what fitly framed is, man, it's tight. It's like, dang, they're good. When I used to run a lot of framing crews, I would go to certain crews, and I know it's going to be a wreck. Those were the houses people paid 150000 for. We put our fitly framing crews on the on the seven, eight hundred million dollar homes. Men and I would go. I had a guy named Desi. Best framer we had. I would look at his bird mouths, where he would notch his rafters, and it would look like they were one piece. 
because he took his time and it was fitly framed together because it was framed by a master craftsman. He was good. Man, he was good. But I would go to somebody else. I had another guy named Bonko, and I'm going to tell you right now, son, I wouldn't live in anything he framed. He made a lot of money, but I wouldn't live in a house he framed. And I was like, dear, what did you cut that with, a beaver tooth? I mean, I, that's crazy. But uh, anyway, it just... It wasn't fitly framed together. But in Christ, you and I, we're, the building is fitly framed together. It's tight and it's right. It looks good. And, and it's not only does it look good, it functions properly because he is the cornerstone. He holds it together. He holds it together. So he makes us to be that way. Why? So we're a habitation, a habitation for God through the Spirit. Think of this. You and I are built fitly framed together for one reason, for a habitation for God to dwell in. <laughs> the creator of the universe desires to dwell in you and me. Why? Because Christ, the sacrifice, is in you, and he desires to consume the sacrifice, to be in you, to pour through you, to speak through you, to, habit, uh, to, to, to live and, and habitate in your life. My God. So now we've got the privilege to not walk with him, but walk in him. <laughs> Come on now. We'll be married 22 years. So about but now we walk together. We, we truly, we, we have, but we truly walk together. And she said the other day, we wake up a lot of times singing the same song. <laughs> same verse. It's nuts. But as much as I love this woman, and I love her more than I love any of y'all, period. Okay, I just want to let you know that. I love her more than I love this church. I don't love her more than I love Christ. But as much as I love her, I cannot walk in unity and peace and harmony with her like I can with him. Because we're people and we have imperfections. He desires to dwell in you and through you. But if you are not making Christ the center of it all, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, if He's not holding it together, if you are not doing it in and through the blood of Christ, what you are doing will fall apart. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That's why I'm terrified to even think about a building program. I want to make sure that I've heard and heard again from Him. Because I never want to build on a whim. Oh man, I want, I want, uh, I know what I desire, but I want to make sure that's what He wants. And, it's, and when it is, and when it's led by Him, every single cent will flow freely. So I want to let you know tonight, and when I say this, I was talking about contending for the faith this morning, you're not going to contend together unless you're unified in Christ. Unless you're unified in Christ. And that's why we desire to make sure that, that we're uni in unity. That we're not on the same page. We are on the same page, but we're on the same sentence on the same page. That we're marching together. That we have one common goal in mind to reach the lost and to grow the saved. To be unified in Christ. Covered by the blood. And there will be a time again where this day will come when we'll sing the... I was joking up here earlier when we were leaving. I said, man, it feels like we're the last day of school singing chorus songs. And they're going to play Michael W. Smith. Friends are friends forever. If the Lord, the Lord is in. Friend will not say never, and the welcome will not do. Summer's going to cry, because we got to go. A lifetime's not too long. But anyway, the Lord is so good to us. And, and I'm not saying this to blow anybody up, but the day that Wayne walked in, and you were here about a week, and I said, man, you want to preach on Sunday? And he goes, Wayne's got some good facial expressions, if you didn't know. That's my, that's my uh, impression of Wayne. And it wasn't because of who. I didn't, I didn't really know him. My spirit just bore witness instantly. 
and we were unified in Christ through the Spirit. And uh, I, I knew that. There, there, I just knew that the Lord had a good thing in store and something, I, didn't, I had no idea. Jason said it today. We wasn't knocking on the door in Yakaville. It just opened. That's how he works. Terrence and Melissa probably thought we were nuts. We had taken them to the mountains. And we stopped back by. And Terrence was like, what, what, what is this? I said, that's Lakeside North. And he's like, you believe big, brother. I said, you, you don't even know, man. We do believe big because he's a big guy. But anyway, I love, we want you guys to understand the importance of being unified in Christ. And it's only in Christ that you'll be that way. Only in Christ. So I want tonight if, uh, uh, I guess singers and musicians, if you've got anything, or a musician or whatever, if somebody wants to come and play something. I want to spend some time tonight in prayer. If you need something, prayer for anything, we'll gladly pray with you. But I want to spend time tonight in prayer, uniting our faith. I mentioned this morning, I want to mention it again tonight, that project build, that we're going to believe together. That we're going to unify in Christ. We're going to intercede, pray on behalf of. And we're going to love Denver. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Stand if you will, if you feel, if you need, well, make your way to the altar. Pray, pray where you're at. But let's spend some time in prayer and asking the Lord to have his way and move as he desires.